Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast, where we're having ongoing digital discipleship conversations about when and where the kingdom and the culture collide. Episode 24, Seven Keys to Success. Key three, relationship. Yes, welcome back to the Be Transformed podcast. Uh, when the Lord gave me this download, it was um, it was all red letter quotes. So each chapter began with just a red letter download quote from the Lord. And the speed at which I received these messages, I was like, yeah, this is from the Lord because I don't really feel smart enough to uh, think of all this at this time. And it was just like... Zzz. And so it was inspired uh, by the Lord. And so Matthew 5, 23 through 24 says this, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar, go your way, first be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. And so in God's priorities are uh, relationships over rituals. So God values my relationship to you more than what I can give. Mm. So many people, I think that many people don't experience the blessing of the Lord on their finances because they have bitterness in their relationships. So it's like they give, but they got an issue with their brother and it's blocking them from receiving from their father. Mm. And so the priority of God is that our relationships would be restored. It's not like, Giving doesn't matter. It does matter, but God, uh, people matter to God more than what people can do or what people can give. So you're a human being, not a human doing, and you you have a profound value. In fact, the blood of Jesus makes you priceless. You are uh, very valuable. You may not feel valuable, but you're very valuable. And so here, the priority of God is that bring restoration to the relationship before you leave your gift and give your gift. And and so God doesn't want you giving or sowing and not reaping. So he's, he's giving us a key here that relationships are more important to him than rituals. And, you know, giving is a joy and it's a discipline and it's commanded, but a priority in God and of God is first you and I. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that, we would be good. Yeah, that's critical. Mm-hmm. When you say um, God is more about relationship than rituals, that immediately remind me of um, Jesus healing on Sabbath day. Yes. Yeah, that's right there. It's example of that relationship restoration is more important than some kind of religion or ritual. Yeah, and they were bent out of shape about the Sabbath, not even getting that the whole point of the Sabbath was to restore creation. Mm-hmm was to restore the people that created in the image and likeness of God. God doesn't get tired. God is not like, oh, man, I had a rough night last night, man. All these people, you know, praying and bothering me. A God who gets doesn't get tired. It says that he does, He sleeps not. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the God who watched over Israel sleeps, neither sleeps nor slumbers, mm-hmm. uh, which is really powerful because you see that in Jesus, you see the full humanity he needed to sleep. You you see the fully divine. He can sleep in a storm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what are the key, key principles to living out this this one? Um, I think, you know, honor. 
honor. And in relationships, it's like this. Humility expresses itself in honor, and honor is an expression of humility. So if I value you, then I'll honor you. And if I'm humble, then I see that I need you and that you are valuable, not only to Jesus, but to us and Mm -hmm. to the body and to the purposes of God, you know? And so I think that that's, um, that's important. I think pride, uh, is, is something that really destroys relationships. Uh, it'll, it leads to a fall. Mm -hmm. Um, pride says I'm going to rise up when in reality, all you're headed for is a fall. Yeah. So I think that generally um, humble people do better at relationships. And humble doesn't mean, you know, uh, disingenuous or um, people-pleasing. It it just means that you recognize your need for God and you recognize your need for people and you treat people like they're valuable and like you actually need them Mm -hmm. because in God's mind you do. Yeah. It's kind of cool how all this flows together because... You're saying got to be humble, and pride is what gets in the way. But it takes a secure man to be humble, and an insecure man is prideful. But those two things are addressed in the first two episodes we're talking about, right? Once we're secure in the Lord and secure who we are in ourselves, that's where we get the, the security, security to not be uh, prideful. Yeah, absolutely. And if you go back to the scripture that we started with. If your bro- if your brother has if you remember that your brother has something against you, so the more mature person and the unoffended person is the one who has been given the responsibility to bring reconciliation and restoration mm-hmm. because they have the power to because they're unoffended. Yeah. The person who's offended doesn't have power to bring restoration. <laughs> so true. You know, and, and that's that's also part of being a peacemaker, which obviously is an attribute of someone who has good relationships. I can't take on someone else's offense if I'm going to be a peacemaker. Yeah. And this is a challenge as a pastor because you see, you know, uh, a wife, you know, not not doing the right thing for her husband or a husband not doing the right thing for the wife. And, and it's like you could look at it and be overwhelmed and offended and take on the offense of other people. But if you're actually going to be able to minister to both parties, you can't take on the offense mm-hmm. that one has toward the other if you're going to be a peacemaker and someone who brings, re- you know, restoration. Yeah. So that's something to just consider, you know, being unoffended. Uh, and and um, I think that that's really, really important that we are people um, who are like unoffended like Mm. unoffendable like you can't offend a dead man ain't that a word for today right yeah everyone's touchy offended and it's like yes god wants to yes he wants you born again that's beautiful but here's the issue with that first you got to die and you got to get crucified with christ and then to make sure you're really dead we're gonna bury you in baptism it's like, we're going to really make sure you're dead, dead. <laughs> and and then you won't be easily offended. Mm. Um, I, I find that it's very difficult to offend a dead man. Yeah. <laughs> like Paul. Yeah. 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 And, and, and so I think that dying to um, this overly sensitive, easily offended, easily triggered spirit that is in the age Mm -hmm. is a spirit that destroys kingdom relationships and as the church of the living god who's supposed to be the pillar we're supposed to be the pillar of truth we're we're supposed to be the one place that the world can come and find some solid Mm -hmm. 
truth. Right. So we've got to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. We have to like, that word contend is like grapple and fight to maintain that the church is the pillar of truth. Yeah. I mean, John 17, right? Jesus' prayer that we may be all united so they, yeah. they know that Jesus comes from the Father. Yeah, and yeah. the spirit that unites us is the spirit of truth. So th- there should be a common consensus on simple, biblical, basic, unchanging truth that it's a settled issue that Jesus is the Son of God. It's a settled issue that is a man is a man and a woman is a woman. Uh, it, it just, you know, it, there's things that in in culture today are are being debated, but in the scripture they're settled issues. So mm-hmm. it's not about what we think or what we feel as Christians. It's about what God said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And once God has said something, it's settled. The Bible says that the word is forever settled in heaven. It's got to get settled in the earth. Mm-hmm. It's got to get settled in us so that we can be the pillar yeah. of truth and people can come and experience some solidarity and i don't mean like wokeness and us feeling you know people's pain but us actually having healing and, and solutions and wisdom and help and and grace and you know extending mm. um you know the kingdom and 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 the righteousness and peace and joy in the holy spirit that the kingdom of god is to people and bringing them in to have a relationship with not only the truth but with with people who are walking after that. I yeah. think that's really important. Yeah. So when you're writing this chapter, you know, there are different types of relationships, different forms. Like how 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 do you like what are, what is like the order of relationships that you think about and what are what are they? Like how do you prioritize them? Like what what are the key relationships that set you up for a successful life? Okay, so first you have to be you have to be in alignment with the Lord. So that's first and I find that in when I'm in a proper relationship with the Lord and his leadership and his lordship, that that brings an alignment to me. So I can't have a healthy relationship with me outside of my relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So once I am you know, locked in with the Lord and once I have the courage to al- allow him to address the brokenness in my own life, mm-hmm. then I'm ready to have healthy and productive relationships. The way I would formulate relationships, I'll give you a story that um, a man named Don Norai Sr. gave to me, Mm -hmm. and he was the founder of Destiny Image. Right now he's with the Lord, but I remember I was a young man. I went into his office, and he told me something I'll never forget. He said, Adam, before when when I walk into a room, before I say anything to anyone, I discern, am I a student? a peer, or a teacher. So you have to really determine your place and have discernment as to where you sit in the room. Now, Mm -hmm. when I was young, I'll just make a confession, I was talking when I needed to be listening. Mm -hmm. And I didn't start listening until low 30s. I should have started that a little bit earlier. And uh, I'd probably be a little further along. But that, and I don't say that in regret. I just say that in, in looking back mm. in retrospect, part of the fruit of immaturity is you're, you're talking when you should be listening. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you need, we need in our life people that we look up to, 
people that we could reach out to, and people that are peer level. And each one of those relationships serve a very important uh, position in our life. So I'll give you an example. In, in, in the world, like in the, the physical, natural world, when you go to the bathroom, pipes have to have pitch so that the waste goes down and then eventually out to the street. And if you have a big, nice house, a septic tank. <laughs> um, so, so you need pitch for the, 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 the waste mm. to go out. In the kingdom, it's the direct opposite. You take waste up. You take crap up. Mm. You, you don't, many people, this is why many people can't find freedom because they try to have accountability at a peer level. Yeah. But an accountability at a peer level will not bring freedom to your life because a peer doesn't have authority to speak into your life. Mm. I don't walk outside and start giving people tickets because right. I don't have the authority of a badge. Mm. You, you understand? Yeah. I can't go and start searching people's car and pulling people over mm -hmm. because I don't have that authority. So you have a generation of people that hates authority. Maybe they were abused or neglected by authority. Mm -hmm. They don't relate to authority correctly and they live in bondage. Mm -hmm. And that's not God's best. I don't go to my homie if I'm sick. I don't go, yo, bro, what's up? I don't, I go to a doctor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, yeah, you go to prayer, yeah, of course. But like, you know, let's use your teeth. You break your teeth. You're not going to call your friend and be like, hey, pal, I broke a tooth. Like, you're going to be like, I need a dentist. And, and we, in, in, in like young people, they don't, they don't realize many times in church, especially when you're dealing with just a regular local church, many times a young 20-year-old kid doesn't know that there's a guy who's 37, 35, 34, 38, mm -hmm. and he's been walking with the Lord. He's maybe he's not like this famous superstar, yeah. but he's just a solid man. Mm -hmm. And he could really help this 24 year old kid who has his head screwed on backwards. Mm -hmm. But since he's not a famous preacher or a famous worship leader, that young kid isn't pursuing a relationship with that guy, not knowing the key to that young 24 year old, his breakthrough is sitting two rows away from him inside a 37-year-old, 38-year-old man who has already walked through and passed what this guy's going through. Mm. So that guy is calling his other 22 and 23 and 24-year-old homies and everybody's in bondage, nobody's getting free, and the answer is within reach. Mm. So that's that's a very important, like we need fathers. Paul said that there's many teachers, not many spiritual fathers. So we need fathers, we need mentors, we need people who are discipling people. We need, you know, counselors who are helping bring deliverance and freedom to people. But those relationships are always predicated on honor and respect. Mm -hmm. Like me as a pastor, I'm not responsible for someone who doesn't respond to me. Right. So I'm not going to waste my time trying to convince someone why they should respond to me. I would rather talk to two or three people that do respond to me correctly so that they can walk in freedom and breakthrough and so that the gifts that God has given me will be a benefit to them than trying to convince people that can't see it. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this, that 25-year-old who could have a very beneficial relationship with that 40-year-old, who's responsible for that engagement, for that relationship? The one who needs it. So the younger one. Yeah, it's always your, it's, you must discern what you need. 
people in church are not mind readers. No one knows what you're going through. The Bible says that a friend must show himself friendly. So anyone who wants a friendship mm -hmm. and wants meaningful relationships has to first sow that. See, when, when we talk about sowing and reaping, it's not just about tithe and offering. Mm -hmm. it's, it's about everything. I have to always be what it is that I want. Right. Like, if I need friends, I have to show myself friendly. Yeah. You know, and, and so you have to, if you're hungry for something, you'll find whatever you're hungry for, you'll, you'll have it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to the young 24-year-old kid whose head is screwed on backwards in church and he's wondering what's going to happen with his life and his future, hey, man, I encourage that guy, look, find someone who's 34, find someone who's solid and steady, mm -hmm. and ask for help. Ask him to speak into your life. Ask for help. Say, mm -hmm. hey, man, this is where I'm at. Would you would you be willing to speak into that and listen? Yeah. And you'll find breakthrough. Mm -hmm. That's good. What about... um? peer relationships you mentioned how is that different then you're saying with peer relationships they don't have authority over you yeah to speak into you so what's the value so, of that so the value of that is it's kind of like someone you're running a marathon with you're there to encourage each other cheer each other on be there for each other you know you can watch out and say man there's a truck coming like it's not that you're not it's not that you don't have any authority mm -hmm. it's just that you don't have responsibility for them Mm. right so right. it's not my job to feed someone else's kid now if i see someone hungry i should do something about that and scripture i think is very clear on that mm -hmm. but it's not in general it's not my job to feed everyone else's kids it's my job to take care of my my children so you know it's like in peer relationships we're, we're there to care for each other care about each other that's different than a, someone who's discipling someone or mentoring someone, there is a sense of responsibility that that person has mm -hmm. to that other person. Mm -hmm. That's different. Yeah, and and that's that's different. And then there's all people. There's people that we need to be reaching out to, mm -hmm. and 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 the people that we're reaching out to, some of them need groceries, but some of them need a friend. Yeah, some of them need a text message. Some of them need an invitation. So it's it's not all. Um, you know, it's different, you know, you know, we're living in the first world. So th there's a whole, it's not like, you know, I show up to guys shack and bring him a water filter. Like I'm in Haiti or Africa. There's people have different needs, but there's still needs that need to be seen, discerned. And when we discern a need, we should do what we can as we're able. And as the Holy spirit leads us to show up and to, to be helpful. But I find that without having all three of those type of relationships, there's a lot of stuck people because they lack that. And yeah. I personally find that the, the, the relationship that's lacking most mm -hmm. is the one that is above them. Yeah, yeah. Like people don't have, many people lack the human resources mm -hmm. to break through in their own life. Yeah, and no one can do it alone. No. Yeah, it's impossible. No, like, and, and I'll give you an example. Who would you call if someone put a million dollars in your hand tomorrow? Or, like, who would you call if you had a great opportunity and in the opportunity is also a temptation? Mm. Who would you call if everything completely fell apart? 
So you have to have go-to people that you say, I have trusted this person. I want them to speak into my life. I'm going to put my wall down and I'm going to listen. Yeah. Without that, people are in real trouble. Yeah. A lot of humility and trust right there. Yeah. Yeah. To do that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so you touched upon beneficial relationships and things we need in our life to get, you know, to build that, invest in those things to really lead a fruitful life. But what about toxic relationships? Can you touch upon that? Like, what is that? What are some indicators of that? You know, what should you do about that? Yeah, I think that forgiving and blessing people is is huge. I think it's biblical. But the Bible is also really clear. It says, Live peaceably with all men as you are able. So if someone is not gonna is not doesn't live at peace with themselves and they're not gonna live in peace with you, then you can forgive them, bless them, and cut that off. Mm. Um I I'm really the older I get, the quicker I would cut something like that off. Um yeah, it's not it doesn't benefit mm. and many people stick around. And they live in dysfunctional relationships because they have their own guilt and shame Mm -hmm. and they don't live in freedom. And you are an autonomous person who will stand before God for your own actions and they will stand before God for their own actions. And so you cannot micromanage people's responses to you. And I would say that if you see that there is something or someone that is bringing a continual and ongoing problem, I would cut it off. I would do it graciously and say, "Hey, I'm I'm just not going to be, you know, your doormat. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. But yeah. The problem with is a lot of people in these toxic relationships, they don't even realize there's a problem because it's like normalized. So they think yes. this is right. So can you help folks just understand what are some like red flags? What are some things where you're like, hey, this is. Yeah. yeah like not- for example, you you know, you, someone's lack of planning is not your emergency. So I don't need to feel bad for someone who made a choice to be where they are. Mm-hmm. I could pray for them. If God tells me to help them, I can, but their life is not my responsibility. Yeah. It's not. And, and so, and I, how do I know that? Well, when I stand before God, he's not going to ask me, what did you do? Mm-hmm. He's going to ask me, what did I do? Mm-hmm. And so there's a level of, yeah, we are a body and yes, we do love and do care for people. And so there's a tension in that we are together, mm-hmm. but we're also autonomous and separate. Yeah. Like God is not going to ask my wife, you know, like what I did, because he won't hold her accountable for what I did mm-hmm. because he's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so there's a tension that, yeah, we're one flesh and we're one family and we have the same last name mm-hmm. and we're creating an ecosystem where hopefully our children will thrive in. Yeah. But God is not going to hold me responsible for what he called Sarah to do. And God is not going to hold me uh, accountable to manage her emotions. That's her life. Right. And this is even in marriage. So just think about other relationships. Mm -hmm. Like you do not have to stick around dysfunction. Yeah. Because the problem is when dysfunction becomes normalized, then bondage becomes normal. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is you'll wind up surrounding yourself with people who will validate and justify this type of bondage 
and your you'll all your friends will be people that live in bondage. Yeah. Instead of reaching for people who are free and healthy mm-hmm. that can help you, you'll get comfortable in your bondage and you'll be stuck. Yeah. Which is what my point was earlier is that most people lack relationships to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one thing to look out for is, you know, you're making some adjustments in your life. You're walking with the Lord. You're gaining freedom. You're gaining victory. And things are getting better. You're getting healthier. You'll notice dysfunctional people will want to pull you back into dysfunction. Your freedom will offend them. And they'll try to pull you back into dysfunction. They're like, oh, you think you're better than me? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think I'm better than you. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm better off, but I don't think I'm better than. Um, And and it's... We need Jesus. So it's not like anyone's better than anyone. That's that's not yeah. the point. Mm-hmm. But I will say one thing, too, that everything you are becoming and everything that you will do gets worked out in the realm of people. Mm-hmm. So it's not just me and Jesus in a room somewhere. It it, it gets worked out in the realm of that's wife, yeah. children, body, friends, enemies, you know, whatever. It just gets worked out in the realm of people. Yeah. I mean, if you think about creation itself... God was in relationship before creation. The Holy Trinity, yeah. like his existence is relationship. Yeah. So creation was, is a relational creation. Yeah. Bishop Mark Sharona says that we talk community. God is community. Yeah. And, and so here God is inviting a whole bunch of really broken, crazy, dysfunctional people into his family. And so if we're willing to take on what his family is like, we can stay. Mm-hmm. But if not, you know, like the, the marriage supper of the lamb, everyone is invited in, but only people with wedding garments can stay. Yeah. yeah. So it's radically inclusive. Everyone's invited, but it's totally exclusive. You only stay on his terms, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's another thing. You know, I think the Western mentality of salvation is like this personal salvation. Like I got saved, but it's a, we got saved. It's a, we're getting saved into a family so I think even just that shift, we need to start thinking relationship, communal, collective. Yeah. I think that's something lacking in the Western mindset, even with salvation. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, and the thing with that is that it's, it, there's a tension because they're both true. Mm-hmm. So there's a paradox. And so outside of faith, I cannot understand this tension or navigate it with wisdom. Yeah. By faith, I begin to understand the tension and then can navigate the tension with wisdom. So it's like, I am individual. My name is written in the book of life. Uh, Christ is in me. It is the hope of glory. But we are the temple of the living God. Mm-hmm. We are the household of faith. We are the pillar of truth. And we have to learn how to write, you know, work this out together. And if you if you look carefully at the New Testament language, uh, most of the time, uh, a very high percentage, it is uh, our Lord, mm. our Father, yep. not my. Mm-hmm. Very little. Even the Lord's Prayer, right? Our yeah. Father. Mm. So so that even when I'm seeking God and even when you're not there, I am reminded that he is our Father. Mm. Not just my Father. Our Father. Yeah. And as a Father, I can tell you one thing. There's one thing that can infuriate me very quickly, very quickly, maybe too quickly, I might need help. But if one of my children is mistreating my other child Mm -hmm. and it becomes dangerous, I don't mean if they're playing with each other, but if at all it becomes dangerous, immediately something rises in me where I say, 
we've got to stop this immediately. Mm. And it it is not in our best interest to mistreat each other. It's it's not. um, (laughs) It's very unwise. The, the, The dumbest thing you can do is 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 abuse a real Christian. (laughs) <laughs> it's like the stupidest thing to do. You make enemies with God, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not a good idea. Mm. Uh, Mac Barnes says this, that when God gives a friend, it's forever. Um, anyway, so that's good. Mm, that's good. An- another thing I think too, like, so we confess our sins to God to protect our relationship with God. Yeah. And that's important. But I also confess my faults to you so that I protect my relationship with you. Like, let's say I'm perpetually late every time I meet with you. Mm-hmm. That starts to become a problem. It's it's actually, it actually is a character issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say, hey man, DK, I'm, I apologize for being late. And um, I'm not just gonna tell you I'm gonna do something about it. I'm gonna do something about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like, oh, you sinned against God because you were late and now God is angry with you. No, but... When everyone is expecting you and you give your word mm-hmm. and you don't follow through on that, it's like, okay, so there's a certain level of grace. But if this becomes perpetual, it's almost like, well, do you take us seriously? Do you mm-hmm. take what we're doing seriously? Um, and, you know, people are like, oh, I got to manage time. John Maxwell goes, well, no, time is doing just fine uh, <laughs> without you. It's you have to manage you and your own energy mm-hmm. like when i say energy i don't mean your like your vibe or something weird like <laughs> chakra yeah yeah <laughs> nothing demonic i'm talking about your physical energy because not all hours are created equally yeah i could be tired and you know dragging to a few emails or i could be full of energy you know bang out a workout clean my bathroom you know take mm-hmm. a shower mm-hmm. in that same hour and a half that i did nothing and I just watched Netflix because I had no energy. Yeah. So time is not created equally in terms of if I don't have energy. That's why rest is really important because rest allows you to make the most of the time that you've been given, which mm. is a gift. Yeah, yeah. So confessing our faults is something that helps uh, protect the relationship. Um, that's just, you know, that's important. And another thing too um, in John two twenty four, it says that Jesus did not commit himself to everyone, so because he, he knew what was in them. Mm. So here you have a God who's going to die for the sins of the world, everyone. He he loves the cosmos, which is not just Calvinists; it's everyone. Um, and yet Jesus didn't commit himself to some people because he knew what was in them. Mm. So what, what does that mean? That means what, what was he thinking? That means he's he well he loves everyone. Mm-hmm. But you see it even in his ministry. He did not invite everyone to follow him. Yeah, There was sometimes people were like, I want to follow you. He's like, go tell your friends and family what I did. And then he tells a rich young ruler, hey, come follow me. And he didn't want to come. Hmm. So there you see God doesn't always get what he wants. So for us to think we're always going to get what we want, that's really a delusional idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's a very American, mm-hmm. you know, do it my way. Frank Sinatra, it mm-hmm. may not happen your way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's important because... I think that sometimes we're committed to the wrong people. Yeah, yeah. We don't know boundaries. Yeah. And we don't know assignment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rob Reamer, he says one thing that always resonates with me. Everyone is worthy of our love, but not everyone's worthy of our investment. Yeah. I mean, you cannot pour money into a pocket with holes. Yeah. And and so, anyway, honor is also, uh, honor is unconditional. You know, I treat people with honor. 
Love is unconditional. Trust, however, is conditional. Um, I, I say it this way. I, I will not trust you more than your integrity will allow me to trust you. <laughs> so, so if you show me integrity, mm-hmm. then I'll give you trust. And the scripture does not command us to trust untrustworthy people. Yeah, that's just foolishness. It's foolish. Yeah. In fact, it speaks against that mm-hmm. um, in the Proverbs a lot. It's talk about sending a, a message to an unfaithful man and uh, just not, not a good idea. So we have to really um, discern who it is that we should be in relationship with. And then we should really do our best to guard and nurture and protect the relationships that God has given us because the kingdom moves forward in the context of relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, all the all the international work that we are doing is predicated on good relationships with trustworthy people. Yeah. And, you know, just use our common sense. Like, we don't have to make everything so religified and like, God, tell me, you know, like sometimes your common sense speaks the truth, you know, yeah. <laughs> who's trustworthy or not. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? You, the fruit on the tree will tell you. Mm, yeah. Yep. Jesus judged by the fruit, mm-hmm. not by personality or preference. Yeah. Fruit. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I'll, I'll only trust you as much as your integrity will permit me to. Yeah. If, if you don't do what you say, how can I take someone seriously mm-hmm. who doesn't do what they say? Yeah. I mean, I can love them. I can honor them. I can want the best for them. I can even pray for them. Yeah. But, but how serious can you take someone who doesn't do what they say? They don't take themselves seriously. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I've learned too is that if God wants to give me an upgrade in my life, in let's say finances, he will give me an upgrade in relationships first with people who are already where I'm on my way to mm-hmm. so that they'll help me so that when I get there, I know how to act. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like there's something great about that. Like God, the, God gives the children of Israel a law before he gives them the land so that when they, when they get established, they know how to act. Yeah. It's like a graceful fatherly protection. Yeah. 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 It's like driving lessons before a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, anyway, so I, I, um, I would just say, just know that relationships, real relationships require investment, time, uh, money, just different things. Like there was, there was a time when I had to fly to another city in another country to protect a relationship that just needed to be managed. Mm. And when I got there, my buddy was like, yeah, we're good. We don't even have to talk about it. We're good. Just by me going there was saying to him, Hey, I value the relationship Mm -hmm. and it's all good. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage people that, you know, to just um, surround yourself with people who you want what they're carrying in their life. Mm -hmm. Like, don't surround yourself with dysfunctional people. Yeah. Surround yourself with people that are seeking the Lord. Like, when you look at the parables, there's five foolish virgins and five wise virgins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's not three and two, two and three, there's five foolish virgins five wise yeah you know mm-hmm. uh our pastor used to say birds of a feather flock together you know uh, pastor jay used to say that and and so you know your friends determine 
the trajectory of your life. Yeah. Many yeah. people are just a few relationships away from a completely different life. Yeah. And don't just surround yourself with people that stroke your ego. That, yeah. That does nothing for you. Yeah. 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 Saul had yes men. David had mighty men. Yeah. <laughs> you just gotta, you gotta really be, you know, who, what do you want around you? Yeah. You know, and, and just ask God to show you the relationships that he's given you that are valuable so that you can steward those relationships because those relationships will release resources, opportunities, and then seed produces after its kind. So the fruit of a good friend is another good friend. Amen. And so I just uh, encourage you to value the relationships that God has given you. Adam Levecki here. On behalf of DK Kim and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed.